1: For free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
3: This is Paul Hawksby and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, obviously, with so much sport of the weekend, we, uh, we did talk a lot of sports and... Uh, We talked cricket with Rob Key, who was working for Sky at that uh, first test match. Very good test match between England and the West Indies. He reflected on that and what it would mean for the second test. Any likely changes? Steve Anglesey, friend of the show and Manchester City fan journalist, joined us to react to the news that City had been uh, cleared uh, by a court of arbitration for sport and would play in the Champions League next year. We had some striker, a very exciting Don't Ask Me for a change. And, of course, we had a bit of a chat as well. Here it all is. (laughs)
4: Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And it's great news. City's ban has been overturned, and you can have any sponsorship you like now that FFP FF FF has been abandoned. And there's uh, good news. The Abu Dhabi a sweet shop and tobacconists have come in with 800 million, and Etihad, heel bar and key cutting, they're some, they're coming up with 600 million. <laughs> That's all right, isn't it? <laughs> No problem at all. That's, that's a very
3: cynical view of a of a thorough legal process, Andy. <laughs> and I think you may get a bit of pushback from uh, our old mate Steve Anglesey from the New European, uh, a City fan, who would, I'm sure would have forensically drilled down into the judgment and will be giving us his verdict on it uh,
4: shortly. Look, I actually think it's a good thing because I've never liked financial fair play. I always thought it just played right into the hands of Real Madrid, Barcelona, Manchester United, Bayern Munich. The big established clubs, basically, would always remain the top biggest. If you didn't have people like Abramovich and the people behind Manchester City coming in. So I think it's made football better in that way. So you know fair enough really um, and uh, yeah so it was a very bad 25 minutes for me on uh, Friday, uh, Saturday evening at uh, about 5.30 after <laughs> 25 minutes later Chelsea were two down and uh, England lost five wickets for 30 so I was feeling in a great mood actually uh, Saturday evening but I was thinking about this there are defeats and defeats and there are defeats like when Manchester United beat us and VAR should have sent off Maguire and then he got the winner there was Liverpool home, Manchester City away 2-1 defeats where Chelsea played well, could have earned a point, missed late chances and defeats like Bayern Munich and Saturday where you're just beaten by a much, much better team and I've loved Sheffield United all season. I think they are the most brilliant, brilliantly coached team. It's the most, I thought the first half was one of the most one-sided halves between two contending teams I've seen for a very long time they came out right from the word go and absolutely blitzed Chelsea I think you know Frank Lampard it's all very well blaming the players yeah they didn't do particularly well but I think he needs to have a look at himself as well I thought basically I thought the tactics were wrong I'd written down in my book I'd go 3-5-2 here to match them up you know that's what other clubs have done all right against them have done but that's me. I'm not a manager. And I, I think, you know, the tactics, and he, he proved by changing it at time the tactics weren't right. So, But in the end, you know, tactics are, are only so much of a game of football and you have to hand it to Sheffield United. They were excellent. So no complaints. Yeah, fair enough. Well, that's nice. I'm sure the, the
3: Blades fans are expecting a bit of a shoeing, so I hope you lose every other game this season. But I mean, no, I think not at all. you have no. proved over the years that you are. You're, you're fair. Uh, hard, but fair. Well, actually, hard, but unfair. <laughs> Let's be honest most yeah. of the time. But in this no, case, you've sh- been hard ones. I
4: hate like when you lose to West Ham and they've done nothing the whole game and they nick a goal, you know. <laughs> Those are the ones that are so annoying. But when he'd be loose to a team that are so... I mean, if you look at David McGoldrick, he wouldn't get in any other team in the Premier League. Yeah. You know, he wouldn't. I mean, O'Connell and Egan. I'd I'd take O'Connell and Egan uh, tomorrow Mm. over our centre-halves. I mean, Rudiger, that clearance for the third, he's hopeless, isn't he? What was that? (laughs) It's absolutely hope. I thought, I mean, Chelsea's defending. I don't even know how they're up there, really. In a certain sense, Lampard's done well to get Chelsea to keep them in the top four all this time because defensively and goalkeeper, unless they get a new keeper and two new defenders and a left back, you can't have an old bloke, old right back playing left back like he's been doing. You can't have that, you know. You've got to compete with Liverpool. They've got Johnson, uh, Andrew, Andrew Robertson, and Trent Alexander Arnold. You, you, you know, that's what you're competing with. That's the level you've got to get to. Yeah. So there you go. But yeah. I, I enjoyed the. Uh, you should say about this the uh, Northern Ireland derby. I am just going to say, a typical Andy... Typical winner.
3: Well, you'll know, you'll know from my um, slightly alarmed uh, messages that I was sending you uh, during the game that I wasn't massively sure that we were going to find a winner and win 2-1. In fact, I thought Arsenal might... I, uh, Jeff Shreve's asked that question of Jose yesterday. Because, uh, you know, he all say, job done. Um, but it is quite a high-risk tactic. We were sitting very, very deep. We were letting Arsenal, a, a side that can score goals from distance, in Pepe and Yang and, and Lacazette, as he proved uh, with the shot that he scored. And it did feel quite a high risk. But, you know, uh, he would say he got the desired effect and they managed to get a result out of it. But uh, it was really more down to Arsenal's defensive shortcomings, really, wasn't it? I mean, from the set piece oh, yeah. and, and the cock-up as soon as they'd scored but it was a good performance by Spurs I was very really impressed with Lucas Moore I thought he played very well Kane started to look like his old self again although he was up against Mustafi and I think he always enjoys playing against him um, so <laughs> the it first was, half yeah.
4: hour was excellent mm. I thought I thought especially Spurs actually pressing like a proper modern team and not just sitting back but the thing is it's funny Jose he says well if the table had started when I got here we'd be fourth or fifth but you think yeah okay but the football you know it won't be enough at Spurs to produce Juice top four finishes if you're going to play that sort of grind it out get over a whole season i don't think that's what spurs fans want or i don't think any fans want it really in the end that's always his undoing because in the end people get sick of the football
3: the question is though would it be enough from a tottenham fans point of view if if he were to go on and win I mean, i'm not so sure he's going to qualify now almost certainly not in like what happened this morning but a europa league you know, if what would Tottenham fans say then? I wonder. Oh, no. He's gone out and that's he's won. The, that, that's the he's won a Trophy, yeah.
4: That's the trade-off. You you end at, you end at the season and say, well, I didn't particularly enjoy the football, but we did win. It's a bit like Sari last year. You know, we won the Europa League and we finished third. I mean, that's the other thing to say about the the current managing team at Chelsea. The, these defenders are the same defenders Sari had, who were you know didn't weren't as profligate and leaky as they have been this season. And I know that's because Chelsea are more attacked. And, and don't keep the ball as much as a sorry team. But even so, you know, you, you do have to say that. But we can do with a change of change of personnel. Uh, we're going to talk about the cricket, but it was incredibly frustrating, really. You know, honestly. England twice played their way back into that game and then they blew it completely. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
3: Well, as I'm sure you're aware by now, Manchester City have successfully overturned their two-year ban from European club competitions. They will play in the Champions League next season, which is bad news for the Chase Impact, we well, I'm hoping for that uh, fifth place. Um, but joining us now to give us uh, his take on it, a uh, uh, Manchester City fan of standing, from the new European friend of the show, Steve Anglesey. Hi, Steve.
5: Hello, how are you? Good, Not thanks. As, good as me,
3: I expect. No, that's true. Well, I, I suppose the question is, uh, how are you feeling? Once you heard the judgment this morning at 9.30, that you'd got away with one or justice had been done?
5: Oh definitely the latter i don't I don't think it could the only way it could have been better is if Martin Tyler had announced it I think, <laughs> I, I think all it all it needed the statement the statement just needed the words "drink it in at the end and then we, <laughs> then we would uh, and we would have been really celebrating um but yes, I mean, I think you know Manchester City have been quite clear about this from the start, haven't they they the, the 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 things the things that they have said and the things that Pep, Pep Guardiola has said and the and the players have said um, you know there there is a certain all right they've still been fined for not cooperating whatever that means and I think we're going to have to you know wait read the full judgment to find out what that does mean but the things that they have said they have they, they seem to largely have been vindicated on the idea that the, the, the leaks were taken out of context the idea that a lot of this had been dealt with um, five years ago um, and has now been rehashed and, and couldn't really be dealt with again under UEFA's own rules. Um, so I think there's, you know, I, I think that they, 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 I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very relieved and uh, and and they are uh, everything, you know, almost everything they've said uh, has turned out to be to be accurate. That doesn't mean that You know, um, that doesn't mean that we have to, uh, that Manchester City fans automatically approve of, of everything that the owners of Manchester City do. Um, but on this, in this case, um, it, it does. It does seem like uh, it does feel like an almost total vindication.
4: It's very odd, this though, isn't it? I mean, why why did UEFA give them a two-year ban in the first place? They must have felt they had a decent case. Or do you think they were, there's a sort of bit of vindictiveness going on between UEFA and City because they feel that they have flouted the rules, along with teams like PSG?
5: Yes, I think that I think that's I think that's the case. I think they think that City have dragged their feet, and look, even even the Court of Arbitration for Sport have said that that, that City are guilty of dragging their feet. So, so we'll wait to see about that, you know. But I think there is a certain amount of vindictiveness. Look, they they, they announce this on. Um, I, they announced this right in the run-up to the um, to the Real Madrid game, didn't they? The, for the first leg of the Real Madrid game, and you, you know, you just did think that it's it's a it's a bit petty, isn't it? And it does smack of what City fans have been saying in the first place that this that this whole thing, the way they have interpretate, uh, interpreted um financial fair play, is is just a way to you know they 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 brought this thing in with good intentions of stopping clubs overreaching themselves and going bankrupt and they interpreted it in a way that would help them raise the drawbridge and stop clubs like Chelsea and City breaking into their little cartel so I, I think there's there's no doubt about it UEFA just look incredibly foolish don't they PSG have had something overturned by UEFA AC Milan have uh, Galatasaray have um and uh, and it just it just seems that you know whatever they uh, whatever they do um uh, that is immediately overturned when when um, the, the court of arbitration for sport uh, takes a look at it so um, i mean they must be you know there must be seriously serious questions about the the, the leadership there i would have thought
3: what does this mean to the club, Steve, beyond the fact, obviously, you'll be playing in the Champions League on merit and next season? And I would imagine you'll qualify for the season after, unless there's a real dip in form. Um, but were there consequences beyond that? It, it seems, obviously, that there were. And what, what was the kind of doomsday scenario? Had it not gone your way this morning?
5: well there was a i think there was an element of this um uh, uh, being I, I remember years and years ago there was a a college american football team who was suspended for 2 years from playing and, and um, it was when i was writing about american football and one of their guys said we've just been given the death penalty and uh, and i think in, in a way that would have been quite similar for for, for manchester city you know in terms of players Leaving um, in terms of um, young players going, in terms of management people going, uh, two years of not being able to um, of not being able to attract the very best players, and you know a two and, and then a struggle to to sort of qualify for the for the Champions League again or for Europe altogether in in 2022. So I think the the you know a two year ban, the ramifications of that would have been felt. For you know, five, six years after, after that, and um, and it would have it would have you know put City um, really uh, behind things. You know, it would have knocked them back for, for that amount of time, while other clubs were able to progress. So it's there is an enormous sense of relief. I certainly think you know Kevin De Bruyne is is twenty nine. I, I think he was going to stay anyway. Um, there is talk that they've persuaded Guardiola to extend to extend his contract. I don't think that would have happened otherwise. Players like Raheem Sterling surely would have gone um, if if the two year ban had been upheld or even cut to one year. So it, it's a, an enormous an all enormous relief. Um, it's really yeah, it's yeah. really great. Thank you, Cass. No, I, don't, a, I, don't know what, yeah. I don't know what the midweek sports, the weekend sports breakfast have got to do with it. Uh, it yeah,
3: it just... I think <laughs> I think God, Georgie yeah, helped him in the Georgie judgment. Involved? Yeah, that's definitely yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this uh, state,
4: this should lift mer- this should lift morale going into the uh, latter stages of the game against Real Madrid and the latter stages of the Champions League. Uh, although it does take away that sort of burning sense of injustice they might have had yeah. had they got banned. But their form has been interesting, hasn't it? I mean, some weeks, some matches, they look ooh, they look like they're the best team in Europe. And other games, I suppose it's it's been difficult with motivation, but Saturdays certainly look good. Yeah, they do. I mean, they do
5: look good. But, I, but again, when teams... When teams attack Manchester City, and you know we saw it with the in the Chelsea game, didn't we? Uh, we we've seen it in the other games. I think Liverpool, with the best will in the world, weren't really at it, were they? They're, 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 but even Liverpool created a lot of chances in in that that convincing win. So I still think there is, you know, there, there are serious, there are, there are some serious problems uh, with Manchester City, namely at the, the namely um, at the back, aren't they? The, the, the centre of defence, the full-backs and even the, you know, even the goalkeeper who was so good in the first couple of years has not been, not been great this year. So I, I think they are. You know, I think Manchester City are are still there to be uh, to be attacked by um, by the, the sort of teams that they'll be facing in the Champions League. But yeah, it's it's an enormous, uh, it, it, it's an enormous. I, I just I, I struggle to think how they, you know, other than that thing of we'll show them, you know, that, that feeling of injustice that you just talked about alone. I struggle to think how they would have raised themselves for the Champions League, particularly. Um, knowing that they weren't going to be able to defend it if they got back into it.
3: When you play Madrid, Steve, I wonder if the guys at the stadium uh, will play in the booing for uh, <laughs> the Champions League anthem over the PA system.
5: It would. That would be, well, I mean, that's what they're used to, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
3: that's
5: true. <laughs> yes, or... it's not, yeah. Or, or maybe they should just cut in the um, the, the, the the laughing from the laughing policeman. I think that uh, <laughs> yeah. would be uh, would would be a wonderful move. Yeah.
3: Um, well, look, we'll leave you to go and buy some Swiss chocolate because you love all things Swiss at the moment. Then you A bit of cheese. You go <laughs> and buy. Get the fondue set out tonight while you're watching Man United
2: play. <laughs> yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport.
0: Ready to pop the question. You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com/slash host.
2: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport
3: Well the result didn't go England's way of course but uh, we got a proper game of test cricket uh, which uh, well done to the players and everybody who made that happen of course Um, so let's reflect on it now and look at what may happen ahead of the second test at Old Trafford on Thursday Rob Key who was on duty of course for Sky the former England batsman joins us now Hi Rob Hey, boys, you all right? Good, thank you. Yeah, what was it like there? I mean, you know, as as we said, it was fantastic. We got such a good game. But what was it like being part of it?
5: Yeah, I
6: mean, once you were working, it was fine. You're just watching a game of cricket. You can hear that Lord's hum. And it was a good game of cricket, as you say. Once you got out, I walked 20 yards to my hotel room and sat in there when I wasn't working. When we went for dinner, we weren't allowed to sit with each other. We just had, like, a choice of two things. And you had to sit two metres apart. And then that was and you never saw the players really. And we only myself, Ath and Nas, I think, maybe and Bishop got to see the pitch. Because you could only go out between half eight and half nine. And then you then you were like shunted off as quick as you could. So from that respect it was all very different. But when the cricket was on, it was like normal.
4: We should say, Rob, well played to the West Indies. They they did perform p- particularly well in this game. But England had two great chances, didn't they? They got themselves back in the game Saturday afternoon. They got themselves back in the game Sunday morning. And they just blew it. I, I know that can happen, but that, that is what happened.
6: Yeah, uh, and again, it's the same old story with the batting, really. The bowling is fine for England. And, you know, Obviously, with a broad played is a debate. But ultimately, if you're only getting 200, you roll the dice if you're going to win the game. know, you can look at the toss, all of these things, but that great side that Clive Lloyd and Michael Holding played in, you know, sometimes they got the toss roll. Sometimes they, they found themselves, they lost the toss and had the worst of conditions, but they still were good enough to win. And that's the point, really. England, they're going to have to, you know, it wasn't a 400-500 pitch, but they needed 300. 300 wins in that game. And they were just under par with the bat again.
3: What did you think of uh, Ben Stokes' captaincy overall?
6: You know what? I thought he was good. I mean, there's lots of different sides to a captain. I mean, we're not agronomists, if that's what the right term is, for learning what's going to happen on a surface and what a pitch is going to do. So I'm not necessarily thinking he did the right thing at the toss, but I thought tactically he was very good. I thought he spoke brilliantly at the end when asked about Stuart Broad. Um, And he did a lot of things very right. The problem is they didn't get enough runs. And probably it would have been easier had they won the toss and had a bowl. So in those regards then he came up a little bit short as and you know, Ricky Ponting did at Edge Baston. Mm. But from out on the field and the way he carried himself, I thought he was absolutely fine.
4: And the uh, holder versus Stokes is a fascinating side bar to this whole series. Two brilliant all-rounders. But the one that concerns me more than anything is Butler. I, I, I think he's a wonderful one-day player, but he's never going to be a test batsman. I can't see the point of per, 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 persevering with him. And his wicketkeeping, keeping Folks is a better wicketkeeper. I think he would have taken that catch yesterday. I think he would have made more runs than Butler in this innings. And, and yet you know they'll pick him. Ed Smith loves him, so he's got his sort of favourites. And I guarantee he plays on Thursday or whenever the next one. And I don't get it, because I just don't think he's done enough to just to find his place in the side? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm
6: a Butler fan. I think we all just live in hope that this great white ball player can do it with the bat. Now, the chances are he's going to have one more test match to show that. And then it might be folks, Bairstow, people like that. And then they'll just go in the gun as well. Because when Ben Folkes, if he struggles in any way, you know, Gabriel, this attack, then it'll be the same thing. The problem is at the moment, it's not like anyone's had any cricket to stake a claim. So now, unless you're the only people playing cricket, by well, club cricketers now, is the England Test team. So I think he'll get one more Test match, and it's probably then down to him to show that what he can do.
3: It now seems unlikely that Joe Denley's going to get one more Test match, though, Rob. And, and he can't say he's not had a fair crack of the whip and an opportunity to prove what he can do, but it, it would seem it just hasn't happened.
6: Yeah, and you've got a young kid in Zach Crawley mm. who... It's, either, it's one of those two. The two openers are going to stay. Joe Root's going to come in at four, so who's it going to be? Zach Crawley played brilliantly. And I think if you ask Joe Denley himself, well, when they if they do come round to saying it's not you, it's Zach Crawley, I think as I, had, I had enough opportunities, I had enough starts to go and really make that spot my own. And he wasn't able to do it. He's probably one of the, the best lads, most honest lads as well, Joe Denley. And I think he'd be pretty honest with his own assessment as everyone
4: else and uh, you had a, a wonderful "Do Stop It Aggers" moment on Saturday afternoon. It was very amusing. Really. Yeah.
3: Well, you do, you do. You do worry, don't you? That other members of the Jardon family may be contacting Mike, Mike Atherton at Old
7: Trafford.
6: <laughs> I mean, of all the people, I mean, literally the bloke, Michael, the great Mike Atherton, as great a bloke as he is, he's also seen as one of. He's like cricket's conscience, and he's cricket's brain. You know? <laughs> the last person to get caught out by a simps a Bart Simpson like phone call or tweet. <laughs> and when he said it, it you know and you guys probably do the same, you know when the stats man or someone feeds you information and you pretend it's your own? <laughs> so when he said it and tried to make out, oh, you know, like isn't that the club Ben Stokes is at? And he'd missed
4: the line. I thought that just made my day. Uh. <laughs> it was very funny. What well, was interesting, though, we wanted to follow up on a couple of the people that tweeted you. For example, Tom Ball of Cheadle Cricket Club, who had a 72-ball duck, and Gavin <laughs> Hope of Great Chard, who arrived late, not for 68 of five overs, run out without facing and split his trousers. But when we tried to follow these people up, we found they didn't actually exist, which was a bit disappointing <laughs> Well,
6: that was the thing. When, well, once that great chart one came up, it was like he turned up late, he did this, then he split his trousers. I started, started to smell a rat and thought, hang up. And when I said the first bit, I, just, I looked at Nasser, who was to my right, and yeah. we just thought, sort of has he just... And then he just ran away, Nasser, because he's a coward and didn't want to face up. And he left me just not being able to carry on commentary.
3: <laughs> it, was good, it was good fun though Good fun So uh, I made my day So are you, are you off to Old Trafford, Rob? You'll, you'll be there, will you?
6: I'll be there, yeah. I'm just sitting on I'm in the rough at Prince's Golf Club Just hiding out in the wind at the moment Right um, While well, I'm on the phone to you guys It's the first decent drive I've hit all day And I'm going to have to walk the hole. And then I get up on <laughs> Wednesday
3: Oh look, we haven't spoken to you since you had your health scare And I take it every, everything's good now, yeah?
6: Yeah, you know, I was lucky, really. I suppose I had a a mini-stroke or a TIA, as they call it, and everything then went back to normal. So now I've got pills for the rest of my life, these blood thinners and stuff, and touch wood, everything's
3: all right. That's good good to hear. Well, good good to talk to you again. Um, We'll catch up with you soon. Enjoy Old Trafford. All the best.
2: Cheers, boys. Go well. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily
3: Podcast. I took delivery at the weekend of my Tottenham oh, Hotspur yeah. official face covering. Uh, the club decided, no, like a number nice. of have, yeah, it's just got these small, you've seen the players wearing them, the small cockerel logo in the corner, it's the plain dark blue. And for every one that people buy, they give PPE, uh, to uh, to the NHS. So it's, it's, it's a decent uh, little cause. Yeah. Have you gone down the... Have you got the Chelsea one, Andy? Have you gone for
4: that? I've got a Chelsea one, yeah. This is more a Chelsea snood. I've got a royal blue one. I've got my virus... T- I've got various selection of face coverings. I, I was very interested to hear uh, Michael Gove talking yesterday because I, I think we will get that when we go back to football. I think you won't be allowed in a stadium without wearing a mask. And no. He, said, he insists that mask wearing will not be compulsory. He says, I trust that... The British people. I think I wouldn't do that if I was (laughs) you. It's not a great idea, really. I want to tune you up. I want to tune
3: you up, Annie, for don't (laughs) ask me by asking you a question. I think you might be able to work out. Um, Yeah, Kevin Stott is a a jockey and a pretty good one at that, of course. But uh, as a young lad, he dreamed of being a footballer, and uh, he spent some time at Spurs, but they let him go because. He was too short. He was too small. That's <laughs> right. He was. That's he right. Was a so jockey. that's a good start then for. Don't ask me. But yeah, I mean, it's. It must be. Mm-hmm. How many other jockeys have had their chances to? Uh... I mean, there must. Is there a jockeys football team? Is there a jockeys eleven? Do they do they turn it, out?
4: I think there is actually. There used to be a jockeys yeah. boxing team. We used to go and watch the amateur jockeys fight each other. At the, Did you really? at The Hilton. Yeah, it was a really strange evening. Really, little fellas beating I bet that was quite, I bet five it was, bells out of each other. That was
3: quite a tear-up, wasn't it? The jockeys, I mean, they are quite feisty. <laughs> they're, they're, they're quite brave. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't I be know. at all surprised.
4: It, it seemed a bit unsavoury the whole evening, but that was a long time ago. It was a different time. <laughs> <laughs> and,
3: uh, Let's bring 70s, some small people it? in to hit each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I that, know. that was Would the 70s, feel... kids. That's what it was <laughs> it like. Felt,
4: it felt a bit like that. I don't know if you... Uh, one of the features of the course of having no crowd is you can hear the players. And I don't know if you read Neil Custis's piece in the Sun uh, the Sun. This morning about Andy Robertson yeah. uh, and the referee David Coote. I mean, how can he let him get away with speaking to him like that? It's unbelievable. It didn't even book him. Is that must-go-on all the time if he doesn't yeah. do anything about that? The
3: thing is, we, we, we spoke to Graham Pohl about this, didn't we? And the inf- some of the infamous moments yeah. were Wayne Rooney. And there was a game, wasn't there, where Wayne just... You could tell, you know, even the, the people uh, not particularly skilled in the art of lip-reading could see that Wayne was effing and Jeffing right in Graham's face. Mm. Uh, but in the end, he just thought, you know, is it worthy of a red card? Do I really want to do that? And I think they just become almost anaesthetised to it. We're here, What Andy Robertson did probably is, not out of the ordinary saying stuff like you know, almost what's the point of you? Which is he did, he said to him, What's the point of
4: having you? But and he said it twice. I think that, was like, Man, that it sounds like me. That's why I think
3: <laughs> that's why I think referees being mic'd up wouldn't be bad, and they say all oh, the language, and but it's bad PR. Andy Robinson comes across like a great lad, and he probably is a great oh, yeah. lad who, in yeah. the moment. Mm. Said some stuff that maybe he's regretting, maybe isn't. But that's par for the course. If if every footballer, I mean, it's bad. It's a bit of bad PR from his point of view, isn't it? It Doesn't look great, and he won't be pleased that he got picked up on that. And I think players would behave better if they knew uh, that was the case. But look, you know, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't pleasant, but it, it could have been a yellow card,
4: couldn't it? But managers are fantastic on they? I mean, <laughs> Dean Smith, how can you think that Jack Grealish was a penalty? I mean, seriously, seriously. you think, Yeah. Come on, I don't care how biased you are, you can't have thought that was a penalty. You must have thought that was yeah. a dive. But he didn't. He basically uh, decided that it was, uh, was a penalty, in fact. It's a, it a brilliant letter here. I love this letter today in The Sun. It's a little text. It says, when the pandemic subsides, we should invoice China for the economic costs. I'm sure they'd be very willing to pay it, don't you? I yeah. I'm sure they How much is it? Just we'll send a cheque, it's in the post. <laughs> you'll be aware <laughs> that
3: you'll be aware that sometimes golf shots have a personality uh, added mm. to them, a, a description yeah. based on a famous person. We won't go into all of them because some of them are pretty unpleasant. But one oh, of them, yes, I know
4: that thing, yeah, yes
3: one yeah. of them that's now uh subsequently uh, evolved mm. is uh the Cummings. Are you aware of this? Uh, a no, Cummings, a Cummings is a golf shot people have been using it uh, oh yeah it's, oh, no, I
4: think I did it. it's yeah.
3: a shot in which a player drives out of bounds but incurs no penalty
7: <laughs> Fantastic! Oh, a bit of a Cummings that one, that's, mate, wasn't it? That's so, quite funny, isn't that, it? Yeah, Let's be honest. That's, well that's done to everybody. I, can I just uh, say uh, as well?
3: I just want to uh, 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 pay tribute to an old friend of the show and someone I've known for a very long time, Andy. And we've known for a while, uh, Dave Clark. Who Dave Clark. Oh, of decided, course, Dave. Yeah. Uh, Clark yesterday decided that um, he would uh, he would walk away or step away from uh, frontline broadcasting with Sky. Uh, as everybody knows, he's he's been uh, battling Parkinson's disease for 10 years now and I mean it's incredible to think that he, he continued broadcasting at the very top mm-hmm. level, still on top of his game, going through that when you hear the description of was, you know, you hear Dave say that he'd go on air, it'd be, he'd be getting a sort of 10 countdown in his ear to go on live TV, which is a tough thing to do anyway, thinking his meds had not sufficiently kicked in and he was worried he was shaking and he was in pain and he wasn't on top of it, I mean it must have been so difficult but you never yeah. the art of how good he was is you never really would have noticed he was going through that so uh, we look, I'm chillong with everybody else, we wish him well and uh, he, hopefully he's going to see his beloved leads promoted over the next next Few weeks, which are they going to be promoted, and as he said, he's, he's he's still going to be around, but uh, he's, he's had a great career at Sky. Yeah, he isn't? said he's
4: not giving up on no. life, but I, I I think you know, look, he knows his own mind and his own body. And a lot of people mm. said, Oh, don't go, Dave, but he knows yeah, better than anybody he, does, yeah. he's, he said, I recently watched an Ali documentary, it must have been that one that I watched, I Am Ali, which is a fabulous documentary. But he says he was a shell of his former self, and I don't want that to be me. And you have to, I think, you have to respect that yeah. a lot. Um, now, one of the big stars of of uh, the pandemic, of course, has been Captain Tom Moore now Colonel Tom Moore yeah. uh, Sir Tom Moore. He's actually fantastic. Uh, David Beckham popped round to see him and to give him a shirt, which is very nice <laughs> from on behalf of the FA. I thought that was very nice actually. Yeah, lovely. And, uh, and some tips on how to get a knighthood. I think <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's yeah. that's what Tom gave him in return. And now I'm not going to doubt Piers Morgan over this, but he has a column in the uh, in the Mail on Sunday. And uh, yesterday he wrote his column. He said, "Wednesday, July the first, Captain, now Colonel Tom Moore phoned me for a chat this afternoon." And you think? No, surely it was the other way round. I can't see Colonel Tom Moore ringing Piers Morgan. Up.
3: <laughs> well, maybe he did. Mind Who you? knows? He... What about the Arsenal yeah. yesterday? He said, "Piers, what what happened there?" Now our old mate Robbie <laughs> Lyle with uh, from uh, uh, Arsenal. Oh, World that was TV.
4: funny yesterday. But you, uh, you know, they they put themselves on. Offer, don't they? It, it does. It does look
3: like some cosmic art installation, as everybody has said, with all of them sort of sitting in that room. But uh, so I love Robbie as a bloke. But uh, he, that, I mean, obviously from our point of view, I think as many Spurs fans have watched that since yesterday. Old Claudin, old in meltdown. Uh, I anyway.
4: Love the one where the, when the second goal goes in, it's a priceless. If you yeah. haven't seen it, do yourself a <laughs> favour. If you like if you're a fan of Schaden Freud, you'll love that. Sorry,
3: Robbie, but blimey you know, if have got to, you've got to give us our five minutes now and again. <laughs> anyway. Very funny. Uh, let's rejoin Steve Bruce's uh, murder mystery series striker from where we left off on Friday. The Lettersford Town Manager Steve Barnes is conducting a TV interview, head of the game against promotion rivals Fulton. That's Fulton. Um he's been asked about how hard this week has been after being accused and then cleared of the murder of his young like a Pat Duffy, with investigations into who the real murder, uh, sorry, the real murderer is, is still ongoing.
7: Oh, this has been a tough week for everyone, I said in measured tones. My family, Pat Duffy's family, all people of the club, you loyal supporters. And yourself, Steve, the reporter said. Sure, but I'm confident of two things, my innocence and that the real murderer will be found. The next one to see was Harry Pickles. That was a brief one. Harry has the good sense to appreciate just how busy I always am, especially on match day. ''Everyone's behind you, Steve,'' he said. Oh, ''Not quite everybody, Harry,'' I replied, ''but don't quote me on that.'' ''Well, you don't make the front page today,'' he said. ''Not of the Enquirer, at any rate.'' ''Oh, that's a relief,'' I said. ''Who's my lucky successor?'' ''The armory. Somebody broke in, took some weapons.'' I'll cut that on the radio, I said Terrorists? Shannon doesn't think so, Harry told me Seems to be the work of one man Somebody with inside information After Harry had left my office Julie came in to tell me It was time for a chat with the chairman So next I went to see Sir Lawrence How you feeling today, Steve? Sir Lawrence asked me as I entered his office Firing on all cylinders, Lawrence, I said Can we win today? All games are winnable I told him. And all can be lost, he said. Your youngsters, I hope they can fire in some goals. News of Van Niekirk and Drever being preferred up front had obviously reached him. What are your plans regarding Lawson? No change. Free transfer. Eddie Carberry? Him and Much out by next week. You've no objection, have you? None, Sir Lawrence said. Carberry's done well to survive as long as he has. He can go back to playing at soldiers. Soldiers? I asked. Yeah, he's a sergeant in the army. I was puzzled. How could this be? The Territorial Army, Sir Lawrence said. Well, there
3: we are. Blimey, someone's, someone's got a gun, which is rather worrying. One of the stories in the weekend, Andy, at a borough uh, Bristol City game, you see Bristol City's kit man um, uh, in, the old, uh, in, the, in the coffin where they put all the gear, mm. he, he forgot the shim pads. So oh dear. it was a hurried rush around uh, Middlesbrough, <laughs> looking, <Really? laughs> looking for shim pads. But he
4: got it the done. Copies of Reader's Digest. No, yeah, no. yeah. I didn't
3: don't put a mag. You can't have uh, championship players put a magazine down the front of their uh, socks. But no, he, he, he managed to sort it out. But uh, I'm sure that's not the first time that sort of thing has happened. Yeah, um, run, yeah, we're going to have a chat. I've got more Sean Dyche news. He was on with uh, Jim and, and Natalie and, and Danny earlier on. Very interesting chat. But uh, he's got—he's quite badly injured at the moment, Sean. He's carrying a knock. He's carrying several knocks. He was—he uh, was listing them all in the papers the other day. He said, "I've got three injuries, Sean, and a problem with my back. <laughs> Something's wrong with my neck from hitting the ball." Yeah. Because back in my day, we, I don't know sounds like that. Uh, it, sounds like it sounds like Butch. sounds like Butch. Is it Tommy Cooper and Butch from the Sooty Show. Hello, Mr. Corbett. Yeah, he said, but back in, the, back in my day, we used to head the ball properly, says Sean, sure, not like the Namby Pamby players today, like Ashley oh, Barnes okay. and Chris Woods. Uh, and uh, he said, I've got sciatica going down my neck into my right shoulder. You know your right Ooh. shoulder, that's where that's handball, apparently, or your right shoulder, <laughs> according to John Moss. Yeah. John Moss. He's, yeah. And he's been doing yoga. <laughs> I, I, can you see really? Can you see Sean doing uh, doing a bit of yoga? I, can, I think he'd... Look... He, well, uh, yeah, he's quite a progressive sort of bloke. Yeah, guy, that's day. That. It'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? <laughs> bit... In the old <laughs> pose. He'd be marvellous, Sean, wouldn't
4: he? Yeah. It's your job, Why by not? the way.
3: Yeah, it's brilliant. Good. Anyway, go back and listen. To that it was a good chat with Sean early on, actually.
4: I love hey. the idea that he's got three things wrong with him, but none of them are his throat. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Don't ask me to leave it out.
3: Up. Here we go, then. Five questions for Andy based on last week's shows. Can he get uh, the elusive five out of five? We spoke on Friday, Annie. We spoke to a Formula, former Formula One driver. Always struggle with that. Who was it? A
4: former Formula One driver. Yeah, on Friday. Uh... It's only Friday. <laughs> oh <laughs> great, isn't it? <laughs> it's great. Former Formula That's the One easy driver. One
3: on Friday yeah Friday you know Friday Formula One day before Saturday uh, Johnny Herbert <laughs> well done hang on God, you look, no, what no, did you look no. at there I didn't I look at I saw the eye line move <laughs> no Stuart's no, inquiry no. the flag's gone up okay I'll, I'll trust you no uh, no who was our false panelist who was our um, our pro in the Fools yeah. panel on Friday Brian Dean. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, done. Okay. Delivery, um, we, spoke te- we spoke to a we te- spoke to a TV quite f- famous, infamous, legendary TV personality on Thursday. Who ref- reflected on the start of the Premier League season. Who was it? Big <laughs> Basil name, Brush. Basil Brush. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're doing quite well at the moment. Although the eye line for that first question, still not sure. <laughs> oh, I'm telling um, you. <laughs> which comedian joined us uh, last Wednesday to talk Brighton? Stephen Grant. Stephen Grant. I'm getting a bit worried now. Um, oh, yeah. well, I yeah, well, they've, put, they've put the old dr- dramatic music on. Here we are. Uh, Richard Shea, who organises Nathan's uh, hot dog uh, eating competition, mm. joins us to tell us about the amazing work of both uh, men's and women's competitors. Joey Chestnut won the men's uh, once oh. again. How many hot dogs did he eat in how long? We did mention it a few times.
4: Oh, I think he ate 72 in 10 minutes.
3: It was 75 in 10 minutes. Oh, oh no. <laughs> That's oh high drama. Oh, but <laughs> you didn't quite do it. That was quite a good don't ask me. The
2: Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport.
3: That's it. We're back tomorrow from one. Thanks very much for listening.
2: You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport.